Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. It's going to be week to week. I think in one week we'll have a better idea of uh, you know how long and what a return would look like at that point. Um, so week to week, you know, I think the hope at the short end would be a couple of weeks. Owen Power injured in practice yesterday, and that is the latest from head coach Don Granado as Buffalo prepares for L.A. tonight. Welcome into Key Bank Center. It's Sabres Live, and with Marty, I'm Brian. It's uh, a Sabres team that's dropped two in a row and four out of six, and they're up against a Kings team that has won two in a row under two different coaches. Todd McClellan got a win in his last game before the break and then was let go. Jim Hiller is on and got a really significant effort in front of uh, his netminder, David Riddick. but in front with of you. His netminder, David Riddick. And yes, I was one of uh, uh, the lesser knowns in attendance at uh, Crypto.com on Saturday night. So what's that was their, uh, what's their capacity over there? I don't know. I didn't count. Okay, eighteen thousand. You're one of eighteen thousand one hundred and forty-five at the game. So okay. you're without you would have been eighteen one forty-four. Right. You made it one forty-five. Mm-hmm. I like and that. they made it uh, a big game for obviously their new coach, who's uh, there on an interim basis. He'd been here as an assistant here, meaning L.A. And uh, previous stops as an assistant, uh, Toronto, Detroit Islanders. Uh, he was actually Eric Comrie's coach with Jim Hiller back at uh, Tri-City in the Western League. Oh. And um, But we're expecting Uko Pekalukunen to go and goal for Buffalo tonight. But obviously, yeah. um, injury-wise, the latest to hit the list is Owen Power. So it's now Samuelson, Quinn, and Power that are sidelined due to injury. And we'll see what in your estimation, from Buffalo tonight as far as uh, reconfigurations, usage of players, and an effort to, uh, again, I would say, try to find their way back to uh, some sort of offensive identity because um, in the four losses in the last six games, they've only scored five goals in those four games. Yeah, so there's a few ways to look at it. One, let's take a look at the Owen Power injury maybe a week to week, couple of weeks, they'll see. Um, it did happen in practice. It wasn't something that he was kind of dealing with beforehand. So, you know, I mean, um, that's unfortunate. It happens. That's unfortunate. Now, the, there's two ways to look at Owen Power not being in the lineup. One is, I don't want to say it in a bad way, but does it really matter? Because that's not what the problem is right now. The Sabres defensively have been all right. Uko Pekalukunen has been playing really well. Their issue 
is not scoring goals. Right. And it is uh, Owen, uh, of which power is part of that. It, he I is part of that. He definitely is part of that. And I've got some numbers that show that, okay, he needs to be given more offensively. But is that where the focal point is at? Right? No, the focal point is obviously going to be on the guys that over the last year and a half have provided offense that have not been able to do so in a consistent way this season. Don Granado's word after the St. Louis loss uh, Saturday afternoon, basically saying, we are not going to the net. Like, this is not a game where, like Dallas, we went to the net, we had lots of shots, lots of scoring chances. They didn't against St. Louis. So the the focus shifts from, okay, you miss power, it's a miss, right? A guy plays 24, 25 minutes a game at times. Um, he's a number one overall pick in his second season. He's still developing. You're going to miss him. But that's not the big point in the game against L.A. But, yeah, okay, so Owen Power. Well, okay, maybe he had looked a little bit better, you know, since the calendar year. I think a lot of that is because, well, you know what, since January 1st, you're getting really good goaltending from Ukopeka Lukanen. So everybody in front of him, especially as a defenseman, has looked better. Because the turnovers that we used to point out, here's a turnover, here's a goal, is not happening as much because your goaltender is bailing you out. Mm-hmm. But you look at since January 1st, Owen Powers got two assists in 13 games. Eh, I'd like to see that number being 8, 9, maybe 10 points in 13 games, not 2. Right? He's a plus 1. Um, which I'd like to see, okay, with team success, would come to plus minus, and I know the, about the stat, but still, he has 11 individual shot attempts from the slot in 13 games. Rasmus Dahlin had that almost in one game the other day, mm-hmm. right? And I know comparing power to Dahlin, but that's the impact that you want Owen Power to have mm-hmm. that I don't think he's been able to get there this year like he was last season. Now, has he been better over the last, you know, month, month and a half? Yes, but I think a lot of that is is covered up by the goaltending and how the goaltending has been able to really bail out some of the issues in front of them. So where is the impact most felt then without him? Well, without him, is I, I, what is going to be is putting even more pressure and more emphasis on the forward group on trying to do things, um, I don't want to say by themselves, but okay, power definitely, um, you know, can, can transition, can make a good first pass, can even join the rush at times. Now you don't have Owen Power going up the ice and the skate ability, so you're going to have to, you know, once that pass is made, it's about the forwards trying to create. You look at the lines, the way that they're constructed right now, okay, you look at since the last LA game, so four games ago, the Sabres after their Anaheim loss scrambled the lines. They still had Jack Quinn at the time, but they went with Tuck, Middlestat, Greenway as a line, and they went with Skinner, Thompson, Oposo as a line. It's been four games since they've made that change, right? The Thompson line in four games has one goal at five on five when they're all three of them on the ice, and one goal against at five-on-five five when they're all three on the ice. Like, that that can't happen. You can't have your top line of Skinner, Thompson, and Oposo being on the ice for one goal at five-on-five five when all three of them are on the ice in, in four games. That can't happen. And the middle stat line where you say, okay, this line with Tuck and Greenway is, is, is doing great. They have two in four games, two goals when all three of them are on the ice at five-on-five. Look, 
I understand that Paterka, Quinn, and Cousins was getting you a lot of offense, but when Quinn went down, you put Benson there. Now, in two games, they don't have a goal at five on five. So they have a lot of chances. Cousins, Paterka, Benson have had a lot of chances, but they haven't scored. So your top three line in four games have three goals mm-hmm. at five on five. Like that just is not going to get it done. So that's the, the, the focus now is, yeah, power's missing, but I put it back on the forward and say, It's all about you guys. So are you surprised there that Tuck is still where he is and that they haven't reconfigured the forwards based on their lack of goal scoring in in the four of six games here where they have come up short and it has largely obviously been driven by a lack of offense? Yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised about that. And I know Don Grado is more on the patient side uh, when it comes to uh, often we've seen like okay, let's give him a chance to to get there, right? But you're at home. You've got to, you you had a couple of home games in Dallas and St. Louis. Now you're at home uh, against the LA Kings. You control that matchup, right? You can say okay, we're going to um, utilize maybe Tuck Thompson and Skinner together again and say let's let's get our big guys to go. That's how we were successful. And I understand we're we're at game what 52 now for the Buffalo Sabers. So there has been time this year where Don Granado has tried that. Say, okay, let's go back to the old faithful, you know, the Thompson, Skinner, and Tuck line. Um, but right now, without Quinn and now without power, I feel like, yeah, you, you probably should try to see how much offense you can get out of your big guys. Put it in their, on their plates, and it's on you now. And I'm putting you guys together so that you can say, okay, let's go. Let's put the team on our, on our back. Um, so I'm a little surprised about that, but... Um, again, I, I, there's been time this year where we've seen Thompson, Tuck, and Skinner together, and we're like, what's going on? They haven't had the same look as they did last season. So um, I think it's Don Granado now saying, okay, everybody up front, right? Victor Olofsson comes back in the lineup. Victor, I know you're going to play you know, a fourth-line role with Gergensons and Krebs, but you've got to provide some offense. Like I think he's doing it to the whole group of forward. Do you think that's realistic for Olofsson coming in in that situation? Absolutely not. But I think that's what you come down to now. You're, you know, three games under 500. You are, what, 12 points out of mm-hmm. a playoff spot? Uh, at this point, you're, 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 the desperation is everybody's going to have to do it. Everybody's going to have to provide offense. Where Olofsson, he's been healthy scratch and in 20-some games this year. Like, he's going to come in, and it's it's a hard place to be um, physically and mentally. I'm pretty sure he's looking at the next three weeks and can I get an opportunity here somewhere? Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, but now he's like, okay, I'm going to come back in. And on top of it, offensively we're not scoring, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to provide that spark. Well, it's really not his job or his responsibility you know, to get that done, um, it was well, at I think, one point. I think it, was. it is. I just yes. don't think it's. Re- that's why it's I asked. Realistic. It was, yeah. yeah. I mean, but that being said, like he's sat twelve of the last fifteen. His shooting percentage is half of what it was last year. Yeah. Part of that is repetition and and yeah. or lack thereof. But also, based on the earlier part of the discussion, it would seem like you could put him with Thompson and Skinner to try to make it feel like a more balanced offensive line, if you will. I mean, I realize I'm asking a lot here from a player that hasn't 
scored in 12 games and hasn't played much in the last 15. That would also be no. taking your only goal scorer of last game, the guy that, but it doesn't Kyle matter. didn't score yeah. the goal. It was an I, own goal. It was so. an own, it actually on, it's a new thing now on NHL.com, on the game sheet and on the uh, game recap. It actually sows own yeah. next to Kyle Puzzle. I didn't see that. I mean, as far as the written part of it, no, and that's I, not to discredit I, yeah. Kyle. I just think the reality is here is there's not uh, there's nothing humming offensively amidst the top three lines, and I don't understand why. Uh, and and they're not the only team that's having this problem. I get it. Like last year, Seattle was in the top five with them offensively, and ever since. Seattle had their 13-game point streak. They've been right back to where they were before. They're 2-7-1 and one in the 10 that followed that streak. And in those seven regulation losses, they have eight goals. Yeah. So it's very much identical to this. So I don't, I, you know, and that, those are just two examples, obviously, but two of the more pronounced offensive teams a year ago. So they look, do have, I, I think yeah. at the end of the day, I think people are sitting here wondering, and Marty, we have asked the question, did the attention to detail on the defensive side of the puck take away from this team offensively? Um, I, that's, a, that's a really hard question to answer in right. the sense that I feel that coaches always look at it as you have a structure to play in the defensive zone, stick to that structure in the defensive zone, and once you get the puck and you get out of your zone, it's on you. Create. Dude, skate, have speed, go on the forecheck. Like there's, there's, there's no teams that are saying, "Hey, you have the puck in the offensive zone. Think about how you're going to play defense." That's not how it goes. When you have the puck in the offensive zone, you're thinking about scoring. Mm-hmm. When you lose the puck in the offensive zone, you're thinking about getting it back. Now, if you don't have, you know, puck possession, and the other team is a hundred percent having puck possession at that moment, now you got to think, okay, how do we defend? But there is no team that is going to say, okay, guys, we're scoring too much right now. We have to focus on the defensive side. Focusing on the defensive side is important, yes. It comes about teaching and video and structure and positioning, yes. Um, but it doesn't take away from your natural abilities to score. It doesn't take away from your abilities to drive the net, to go to the front of the net, to get rebounds. Uh, look, that has been the most talked about by Don Granado after losses this year is we didn't compete, we didn't go to the front of the net. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We didn't create second opportunities. Um, We didn't make it hard on the other team's defense and goaltenders. That's all that's been. Mm-hmm. And that has nothing to do with trying to teach defense. 
I get it. If you're a team that doesn't have talent and you're going to say, hey, all you're going to do is chip it in, forecheck, and play defense and try to win one nothing." But that's not what the Sabres are. That's not what the Sabres, talent-wise, have been. They've got talent. They've got. It's it's just you look at it and you say, where is that that drive to the net? Where is that rebound goal? Where is that net front presence? Where is the the speed on the on the on the uh, on the rush? Right. It's just and and everybody's talked about. We got to play more direct. I always say, okay, that's great. What does that mean to you? What does direct mean? Because to Dylan Cousins, it may mean something. To Tate Thompson, it may mean something else. And I don't know that we've had that answer this year. It's like, play direct, you know? When I was playing goal, they used to say, okay, you can be, um, you know, they used to always say, you're a butterfly goaltender, okay? That was the big thing, like the big term in the 90s, right? Patrick Waugh, he's a butterfly goaltender. Marty Brother is not, Right. So if after a game they said, Marty, you played a good game today, how would you do it? I really was good in my butterfly. Okay, you played a bad game. Why? Ah, my butterfly wasn't so good. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? That's just a word. Yeah. Like there's so much more underneath that than just using a word. And saying I, I got to play direct, it's, it's much more than that. And I don't know that they've found that answer. I, I know they haven't, actually. No, exactly. I mean, um you can go through the list. Uh, obviously, Benson's uh, still looking for that first goal here at home, um, but he would be far down the list of players that you know you would have expected uh, a lot more from. Uh, Thompson has two points in the last nine games. Skinner has one assist and five since returning from injury. Tuck's been held pointless in six of his last ten games. Um, they're the catalyst, right? And yep. it ties in with a power play that tonight is up against the number one penalty kill unit in the NHL. Yeah, and, and, and I think the challenge tonight against the LA Kings, if you're Don Granado, again, you don't have a one power. You walk in and you guys, you sit, to the, you, you sit there and you say to the guys, this game against LA is going to be about one thing and one thing only. Can you get to the front of the net? LA is number one in the National Hockey League in defending the slot. They don't give up a lot of chances from the slot. They don't give up a lot of shot attempts from the slot. They don't give up a ton on the rush. They are really good at that. You know what? It's weird, though, when you look at the numbers. They are last in high danger chances, which is right around the crease, right? Allowed, you mean? Allowed. Yeah. They you mean, give, meaning they give up a lot. They give up a lot from right around the crease. They don't give up much from the slot. They protect the slot a lot, mm-hmm. but they give up a ton from around the crease. It's simple. Are you going to get to the crease? Are you going to get to that tight area around the net to create? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, you're not getting any other chances. You're not getting anything from 20 feet out. You're not. If you get to five feet outside of whoever plays the net, if it's David Reddick or Cam Talbot or whatever, you're going to get good looks. But if you don't, forget about it. You're you're not going to get anything. Well, the Kings, uh, as we documented last time when Buffalo and L.A. faced off and the Sabres rallied for a 5-3 win, it has been interesting to watch the construction of the two uh, goaltending um, you know, units this year. L.A. obviously was in a tight cap situation and went with three veteran netminders, of which David Riddick was not part of it at the yep. start of the year. Phoenix Copley's end-of-season injury back in December um, prompted his call-up, and since December 19th, when he was able to pick up his first win, he's been remarkable. And quite frankly, at this point, he has saved them 
and their season because the Kings are wild card number one right now in the West, and they have a lot of games in hand on the teams that are directly below them. But they wouldn't be there without Riddick, who's 6-1-3, and three, and he's appeared in seven of the last eight games. The only game he didn't appear in in that stretch was the one against Buffalo. Yep. So you would think that uh, at this point, and remember, Cam Talbot, all-star that he is, is winless in his last ten decisions. So Riddick almost alone, and I know they had an incredible team effort against Edmonton the other night, but Riddick was absolutely sensational on many of those high-danger chances that you speak. You can't prevent Edmonton. Edmonton can only prevent themselves, right? Like, if they take a night off, you're going to know it. But for the most part, their guys are going to get their looks. And holy cow, they had some looks around Riddick the other night. And he was excellent. So this is amazing how in consecutive years they've had an unexpected goaltender stabilize things and give them the wins. Last year it was Copley. And now it's Riddick, but it's not just the wins for Riddick. He's actually it's like numbers. the 1.9 and a 931 are, uh, are remarkable so, numbers for a guy who was basically out of the league when the season began. So the LA Kings had two wins in 16 yeah. before beating the Nashville Predators before the All-Star break, and then they made the coaching change. So they had three wins in 17 and now have won their first game back. So they've got four wins in 18. David Riddick has all four of those, mm-hmm. right? And in that span, he's 4-1-3 and three with a 2-11 and 9-28. You know what cost Todd McClellan his job? Is not playing David Riddick more. He played Cam Talbot mm-hmm. 10 of those games, 10 of those 16 games where they only had two wins, and he went 0-7-3, and, yeah. and he had an 881 save percentage. Now, yeah. I get it. Cam Talbot had a fantastic start to the season, and coaches that have had a lot of experience – and, and older coaches, and I'm not saying Todd McClellan is old, but I'm just saying he's been around a lot, will defer to, he's my veteran. Todd's got to be f- late 50s, no? Yeah, but he's not super old and coached. Well, time, I'm right? feeling super old, so <laughs> I, I mean, I You're can. not, though. You're, you're, <laughs> hey, I'm older than you, remember? So that's, he's 56. Okay, I, so, I added a couple, too. So here's the Sorry. thing. A coach that's been around a long time will often refer to, Cam was good early in the season. He's an all-star. I got to keep trusting him. I got to keep trusting him. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It cost him his job. Not going to David Riddick. The hot hand saying, hey, you know what? We're in a desperate like part of the season here, and maybe my job's on the line. I don't think he thought his job was on the line. What is this hot hand you speak of? Yeah, I know. You are freezing right now. Put him in your pocket. Sit on him. I'm trying. We have a Lexus sitting right next to us. Addie's afraid to turn it on to send the heat our way because we might not make it to the end of the show well, if we the turn the vehicle is, I think on it's inside. Electric. And oh, is it? I think it's electric. And does I that mean no emission? Um, that, well, well that- <laughs> there's an exhaust pipe, so maybe it's hybrid. But I'll tell you this: um, maybe we drain the battery. But again, I just think and, and kind of like I, I do. The, I compare here the Todd McClellan trusting uh, Cam Talbot mm-hmm. and saying, "Let's go back to a little bit of." Don Granado, and, and at times saying, ah, I got to keep trusting my veterans, keep trusting the guys that have been there. Mm-hmm. Okay, but doing so kind of just it's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, right? Like right now, you know, this, this new coach comes in and he says, I'm going to play David Reddick. I'm going to do Reddick. Let's go. Let's keep it against the Edmonton Oilers, mm-hmm. one of the best offensive team in the league. And they go out and win 4 nothing. Why? Because your goaltender stood on his head. Mm-hmm. That's sometimes you got to go outside the box and say, okay, 
what can I do to change things so that we can spark the offense? Um, it's a, it's a really impossible question to answer often because if you don't, if you've tried a few things and the answer or the results have not panned out, like for the Sabres have not panned out this year, mm-hmm. there's no good answers. Well, to hypothetically reorganize the uh, top nine or top 12, if you want, given that Olofsson's in, I mean, when you look at it, like, if if you're struggling in all the areas that uh, have been talked about already, uh, if you don't see from a coach's perspective, you know, the directness, the uh, presence around the goal in the situations where you need to have that presence. Like, what would what would you do? Would you take Casey and put him back on the wing with Tage? Would you move Tuck automatically up? Would you take Benson away from Cousins because, just because? I mean, you know, Benson doesn't have one in 19 games. Like, I, I just, because when you mentioned the whole idea of, like, you know, well, what can you do? Or it might be a rinse and repeat. Like, the roster, regardless of whether they make a trade here before the deadline, like, these guys, a a majority of them are the core, so you've got to, you you have to hope that they find some sort of connection once again. And and I'm not sure where you would uh, reconfigure right now to assume that it sparks. So you got 13 games before the trade deadline, including tonight. So you got 13 games before March 8th. I really think that for me at this point, the spark, maybe the change, maybe the the, the, the leap of fate would be okay, and and you're gonna have to now because um, of the roster and maybe the flexibility that you have on the roster. Don Grenard was asked that this morning about players getting called up. He said we probably will have to call. Well, that was the defense because the there's no but, extra defense. But oh. okay, so Rochester's down the road. You can call up a defenseman as a seventh defenseman just to be at practice and maybe take a you know warm up and just be there if you want a, a safety Yes, and back. I think the reason the question was asked is by the time game time rolls around tonight there will be a seventh person on the roster. But you also so, could could easily look at it and say, okay, now I have to and, and what I would do is really look into the the Kulik and the Roseanne and the Rusak and say, okay, there's 13 games between now and the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's to showcase them and whatever, but it's to say because at the trade deadline, you're probably going to have them on the Rochester uh, roster so they're eligible for the playoffs, and you're going to do some paper transaction. And then you only get four regular recalls after the, dead, after the deadline. You have emergency recalls, but you have only four regular recalls. So give them the extended look now. Give them 10 games now. Say, okay. We'll give you three weeks. We'll get you ten games, right. and we'll really see what it is. I think that may be a spark offensively. Now, Yuri was not playing. He did not play no, the last two games, last two. lower body, and obviously Rusek had a big weekend, four points over the two games, in which they lost both in overtime uh, to Syracuse, and Roseanne has been uh, okay, just not uh, prolific offensively uh, prior to, um, you know, Kulik leaving for World Juniors and leading up to the All-Star break. Yes. But uh, uh, for for what it is, the Amherst are obviously in a nail-biter race in the north. Um, they are at Utica tomorrow, and they are home to Wilkes-Barre on Friday and home again to the Utica Comets on Sunday. So that's their story. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it would be nice to be able to call up somebody when they are absolutely on fire. 
Um, yeah, but in the end, like that, I don't think it's like the old saying: momentum doesn't carry from game to game. I think that no, you I, could, I get you could that. Be on a big run in the American League, you get to Buffalo. Um, it's not gonna. It, it's not. It doesn't automatically carries over. It depends of on the opportunity not. or whatnot. I right. think there's opportunity right now because you could easily say, "Okay, we're gonna give Kulik or Rusek or Roseanne or anybody an opportunity to play with Tuck and Skinner, uh, with Thompson and Skinner, or we're gonna put Tuck there and we're gonna give somebody the opportunity to play with Cousins and Paterka, and then we're gonna move Benson back with Greenway and Middlestad. There's there's so many different opportunities that could present themselves with the group of forwards that they have right now Mm -hmm. by calling up a higher-end prospect and saying, we are going to give you an extended look at this point. Number one, it's a good reward. Number two, it may help you make a decision when it comes to the deadline with some of the players that may be in some trade talks and opportunities that that may present yourself because now you're getting an extensive look on somebody that would come in and fill that hole and fill that gap. Sabres try for the season sweep of the Kings. It happens tonight here at Key Bank Center. We'll take a quick time out. A reminder, Catwalk for Charity is coming up on Friday, March the 15th. So just about a month out right now, it's the return of the Catwalk. And, of course, Ryan Miller made it famous with his former teammates, and we'll do so again. They'll rock, walk the runway for the Catwalk for Charity. Event Sabres alumni to model outfits designed by Courage of Carly Patients at Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center with the proceeds benefiting the Ryan Miller Legacy Fund. It's March 15th, Forbes Theatre in Buffalo, 512 Pearl Street. Learn more and get tickets at sabers.com slash catwalk. Back after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 